0: Hey there missionaries, it's Len aka the Bat Triple welcoming you to another edition of Previously on the Michaud Mission. This week is our second week uh, away from you as Vincent is spending time with family uh, dealing with the loss of his mother a couple of weeks ago but we will be returning to live shows next week and to give you a little bit extra as you deal with life without the Men of Michaud. We're giving you another double feature. It is Halloween, so we are dipping into our catalog of past Halloween shows and we found that we reviewed Blade and Blade 2. So we are going to bring you just the reviews on this edition of Previously on the Michaud Mission. And then, of course, next week, Vincent will be back and we'll finish off the trilogy with Blade Trinity as we close out Halloween 2022 on the next live edition of the Michaud Mission streaming next Tuesday, October 25th and available as always as a podcast for your download pleasure the next morning. And there'll be a whole nother edition of previously. So next week you'll get two shows. Ain't that cool? All right, enjoy the show. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated top. There is another world beneath it. The real world. For thousands of years, they have existed
1: among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. (laughs) now one will lead them to conquer mankind tonight the age of man comes to an end we're going to be gods and one
0: will try to stop him dead there are worse things out tonight than vampires like what like me half human blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant half immortal you got the best of both worlds all our strengths none of our weaknesses he is their greatest fear and our only hope. This open season on vampires. Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff.
1: You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else.
0: Blade, 1998 American vampire superhero film directed by Stephen Norrington, written by David S. Goyer, loosely based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. The film stars Wesley Snipes in the title role with Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, and Nboucher Wright in supporting roles. The film, in the film, Blade is a vampire with human traits who protects Humans from vampires, including his arch nemesis, Deacon Frost. This 1998 film, which features a cameo by Sanaa Lathan and also stars of Gotham fame, Donald Logue, is the film selection of Vince. It is on this trek. On the Michelle mission, on this stop on the Michelle mission. So, what say the of Blade? What say me of Blade? So many ways to
1: start talking about Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- but I think the best way to start and to go ahead and, and acknowledge it, because I don't think it's as acknowledged as it should be. Blade is before everything. Yep. Blade is before the Matrix is it matrix is 99 okay blade is before um underworld Mm -hmm. and in any of these sort of leather leather vampires yep blade is before x-men yes and most importantly well maybe not most importantly blade is before iron man yes blade really is the beginning of a new wave of action movie adventure movie fantasy movie if you will like it really is you know you always call them the the leather movies <laughs> where where the protagonists wear leather because even if you look at something like the batman films mm-hmm. they aren't leather it's more of a body armor
0: yes especially michael keaton right the keaton right uh blade is the beginning
1: of that so you know always like to get that down and I'll come back to why I think that's important in a moment which surprisingly also goes back to the Saturday morning cartoon conversation oh I'm looking forward to this I think Blade is one of the first films that we've watched where I kind of grappled with what does perfect mean Mm. like does perfect mean without imperfection or does perfect mean, you know, this is this sort of film that aim for these
0: heights? Exactly. Succeeds of, in what it's, it's of going for. sort of for. aesthetic,
1: you, you know, totality, if mm-hmm, you will. Mm-hmm. Because if it's the first definition, mm-hmm. I cannot find fault with this film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't find something that I kind of look at it and say, oh, if they would have done this it would have made it better. Mm-hmm. For years, I didn't like Stephen Dorff's Deacon Frost. Okay. But today, it really clicked. He's the douchey guy at the club. Right. Like, that's who he's supposed to be, and he embodies it fully. Mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson Chris mm-hmm. as Whistler, as the corner sort of grizzled mentor father figure is fantastic. Yeah. He's excellent. And Boucher Wright does not have a lot to do, but what she has to do, I think she does it well. You believe that she is an ordinary woman mm-hmm. that has been thrown into this world. Mm-hmm. You can believe that she was a, a, a doctor, a physician. Mm-hmm. I think they give her just enough backstory to kind of develop her enough when she's thrown into this that you kind of think that she was a person. Got to talk about Sinai Lathan. Like you call it a cameo, and I guess technically it's a cameo, mm-hmm. but it's so good. Mm. This is actually my second favorite Sinai Lathan performance. Really? It is after obviously loving basketball. Mm. Love Sinai Lathan in this. And I'm not a huge Sinai Lathan fan. Mm-hmm. I think the storyline is straightforward and, and is just this wonderful, encapsulated narrative with a beginning, a middle, and an end. I think the set design, I think the costuming, this is a fully realized world that Blade inhabits. Yeah. And then all of this is is sort of, you know, anchored by Wesley Snipes. Which this is our, I believe, third Wesley Snipes film, if we include Mobetta Blues. Okay. We talked about it with um... New Jack, New Jack City. City. How Wesley Snipes has these moments in he's in his career where he really you, you know again going back to that word we were using during the mail. He has these iconic roles. Right. And Wesley Snipes is absolutely perfect as Blade. I think he has the physicality. I think he has the martial arts prowess. How about this? This this film has better martial arts than Black Belt Jones. Black Belt Jones? and the last dragon <laughs> yes I think Wesley Snipes has the the acting ability that there are you know one or two not a lot you know there are one or two scenes where he is called upon to act mm-hmm. and he nails the scenes Yeah, and then I always forget Wesley Snipes is hilarious <laughs> he's got humor that he does so well And finally, to go back to what I said about the Saturday morning cartoons, talk a lot about the genre films. You know, we we, we talk about Star Trek. We've talked about this before with, you know, the Batman, the Superman films. And something that I always go back to is that once you get a certain property that is generating a certain amount of money. Mm hmm. People can only do so much with it artistically because of, of the lunchboxes. Exactly. You know, I always right. say you're not going to mess up the lunchbox money. Blade is the perfect example of what happens when no one is worried about lunchboxes. Right. Like, this is a film that, and, and we, we actually, you know, back to our Facebook group, my, my very good friend Les Dixon was posting his experience with Blade. He worked for, for TVT Records, Mm. At the time, and they he actually he did the uh, soundtrack. They, he did the soundtrack, so I remember in because you know he's you know black nerd blurt like me. So I remember at the time talking about Blade coming out, and you know the story that I've always heard from him and from other sources is is Wesley Snipes, like you know all black nerds who got famous wanted to make a Black Panther film, and Marvel said you know well, well you know I don't know if we're going to do that, but you can do this with Blade. And those of you that don't know Blade was a very obscure character in Marvel. He was a black vampire hunter in Dracula. There was a long running Dracula comic series. Right. So it really is this sort of throwaway character. And he wasn't even he and it wasn't he wasn't like a daywalker. He wasn't a daywalker. He was really just a vampire hunter. He was shaft hunting vampires. And right. you look at his early appearances, it is it's it's nothing there. Right. And, you know, sidebar, I remember when this was going on and he told me that. Wesley Snipes wanted to make a Black Panther film, and this is like 96, 97. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. That somebody thought that there could be a Black Panther film. Like, who in the world is going to make a Black Panther movie? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Next, you'll tell me that you might as well make a Luke Cage television show and, you know, (laughs) maybe one day we'll have a Black president, too. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So... I remember this was sort of developing. Oh, it's going to be a Blade movie and this, that, and the other. And David Goyer, who we haven't mentioned, mm-hmm. really, you know, who writes the script and, you know, in a lot of ways envisioned a lot of this world. You know, from what I understand, Wesley Snipes, whose company produced the film, had, a, had you know, some contributions as well. They take this throwaway character and create something almost brand new. Mm-hmm. And it's this perfect little film that you can tell they're not interested in setting up a franchise. Like, you know, the end is open-ended, but he's gotten rid of the big bad. He's, you know, there is no returning villain that Mm -hmm. they established. He kind of closes the loop on his character development. Like, if there was never another Blade film, this stands on its own. Yes. And I love that, and I love it, and I love this movie.
0: I like the movie a whole lot. Okay. And I, I, I maybe may stopped short of saying that I love it, and that's only because now I've watched it more with a critical eye. Okay. Um, but I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think Wesley Snipes is pitch perfect. With this film, and when this film, at least according to Wikipedia, if if they're to be believed, was an original development back in 1992, um, the first person that showed interest in starring in this film was LL Cool J. I could not begin to imagine this with LL Cool J, right? Um, But David Goyer said no i think wesley snipes will be the person for it and and the rest is history wesley snipes is pitch perfect for this film he brings the the physicality he brings the acting chops he brings the humor he brings the relatability he you believe um that he is the baddest mofo in the room when he is in the room um he, he, he's just he's just letter perfect Chris Christopherson who up until that point I hadn't seen in like ever right when I saw him show up in this I'm like they dug up Chris Christopherson <laughs> are y'all serious but he did. He did work. You know, mm-hmm. he was doing. He was doing his Chris office. I was like, all right, I'm with you with Chris I Look at you doing your bad stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right, I'm cool with that. I was. I was, I was with it. Donald Logue, who is uh, um, at that point a rising character actor, funny, on point. You know, um, Stephen Dorff. A little Stephen Dorff goes a long way with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could. I could dig it. I I bought into the world that they created in this film the world building it's is it's pitch perfect I mean like um the sets that they built here in in uh, Los Angeles are you know they're it's a lower budget film but it's I think, like you were saying, this movie is a testament to what you can do when you don't care about the lunchboxes. Right. I think this is also a testament to what you can do when you don't have the budget and you have to improvise. Like, like there's a whole scene, there's a whole car chase scene that is nothing but speeded up video. (laughs) Yet... It worked. Yeah, it yeah. worked. It fit in perfectly with this film. You know what I mean? Um, there are scenes where uh, Blade is driving like the the baddest car in America, but you don't necessarily know that it's the baddest car in America. But yet, it, when it pulls into the scene, there's wind machines blowing and it's blowing all this these paper and trash around it. Looks like a bad car to me. Right? You know what I mean? So it's it's they just made it work. Um, the fight choreography. There's nothing outstanding about it, except that where the, where Wesley Snipes, who is a uh, a martial artist, you know, can definitely pull off the moves. The 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 director Stephen Norrington smartly frames each move each moment to like, hey, we're not gonna have the, the greatest choreography, but we can show Wesley off. Right. Wesley's body and his movements are shown off to like like Wesley has never looked this just like great. I was like, that's a bad looking brother right there. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes is one of the throwaway scenes in this movie. Um, first of all, you saying that this has better martial arts uh, action than The Last Dragon. and yeah, The bar's not set too high with The Last Dragon. But it is a shame that it has better martial arts artistry than Black Bell Jones because Jim Kelly was a martial artist a mar- yeah, yeah. who needed a stunt man. For his roundhouse kicks. All right. Yes, let's keep it. Yeah. Wesley Snipes does a move here in this movie where near the end, where he kicks a dude as he's coming running at him, keeps his leg straight, never drops it, and then kicks him again. Yes. And it's Wesley Snipes. Yeah. At which point, Dude drops to his knees and Wesley Snipes just casually walks by the dude and just pushes him by the head. I have replayed that move that move <laughs> move so many times in the past. I was it did my heart such glee to see that somebody made it into a gif. <laughs> <laughs> so I've literally I have I am you talk about falling into holes. I have fallen into holes just watching that gif. Oh boy. I love that. I, I love that scene. Um, so I truly, truly, I, I am in the bag for, for Blade. This watch of it, though, mm-hmm. however, it's uh, illustrated to me the shortcomings of David Goyer. Okay. Who, who is a writer I don't mind when he's got somebody else writing with him, such as on the the Chris Nolan Batman films when he has Chris Nolan and Chris Nolan's brother Jonathan Nolan writing with him on okay. the stories left to his own devices his stories are a little thin the story here while it is it's a perfect comic book story but let's not you know like you know mince words that most comic books are like high literature. right? You know, there's there's only, there's a reason why the Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns stand above the you know, the rest. And David Goyer is not the writer of either of them. Right. The whole idea of getting the 12... I mean I'm admittedly as a MacGuffin you know getting the 12 vampire gods or whatever I don't know firstborn or Mm -hmm. council council um, so that they can then you they need blades blood to raise the vampire god La Magra this whole thing even though they've been talking about it throughout the entire film it still felt like it came out of left field and made absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. You didn't know why he was doing this. Why wouldn't anybody else have wanted to... It, it just made absolutely zero sense. He's transferring this... He's he's tra- Deacon Frost is translating this ancient text to find out, you know... Uh, how I can raise this vampire guy but meanwhile he's already got this great big temple already bought that presumably he's translating the text to figure the heck, heck out right but the whole thing's already built right you know and you, you I didn't think it was the same place well certainly, it certainly it it looked like it was the, it, right. it if it wasn't no it wasn't the same place it looked like what he was trans what he was translating to have built he already had it built right so right. what was he
1: translating right well i thought he was finding it i just thought he found it i i assumed that there was some he either built it or got founded or you know was it was already built but then it gave him directions to where it was i don't know okay maybe
0: i don't know it it it, it just annoyed it annoyed you this time it did. It did annoy me, okay. and it also annoyed me. And this annoys me sometimes in, in in TV, and I I don't like it necessarily in the movie. Even though I guess it always happens in the movies where you think somebody has gotten away, and everybody finds out where everybody is. Right. Like you never get any sense of how they found out where everybody is. Right. But they just found out that there was absolutely no reason why they should have found out where Whistler was. Right.
1: Right. They found they found the hide. But
0: they but they, all of a sudden they come walking in right. after dea- dealing with. Bl- With blade, right? All of a sudden, you know, they're there, Um, and there was no kind of like hint as to why they figured that out. And I guess that was a a, a little bit of a a story hole that that stuck with me on this watching. Um, It's not a big thing. It, It certainly didn't take away from me enjoying the film. Again, when a film. Has so much going for it, you kind of like allow, make right. certain allowances, and I've made the allowances over the year. But sure. now, in critiquing it, I I, I feel like <sighs> I, they, I should bring them up because that is what keeps the film from being like this perfect film sure, that you that sure you
1: without flaw
0: I without flaw right, 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 right because i do but i see it as a perfect comic book film because sure. it, it feels like a comic book even some of the framing feels comic book i theme. got the feeling that deacon frost had been monitoring
1: blade the whole time mm. and maybe i'm sort of you know i'm i'm being generous with the read. Like, right. like, when he knew all of the facts about Blade's life and, and this and the other, I got the feeling that he had been watching him, and you know, he knew about Whistler and the whole thing. And as far as the thing with the Council of, of Twelve, or how, how, how deep are deep? Like, I promised I wouldn't do this early in the episode, and we, we about, we definitely a half hour, so we're almost 40 minutes into so it. Can we take, can, can we take, would, would you permit me to take a deep dive? Please. Here's the thing about vampire stuff, so... If you go back to, to Bram Strucker in mm-hmm. Dracula and, and mm-hmm. sort of the classic Western use of the image of the vampire. Mm-hmm. Vampires, you get two things. Sexual transgression, yes. which we haven't talked about yet in yes. here. And class anxiety. Yes. A lot of class anxiety. Yes. And I think the thing that I like about Blade is that blade is like you can just watch it as action movie and this and other but it's more here if you want it yeah okay and i think this whole subplot about pure breeds Mm -hmm. versus vampires who have been turned Mm -hmm. and the sentiment that the the council of 12 is is basically from the old world Mm mm-hmm like when you look at how they're made up, you, you know most of them are very kind of Europeany looking. There's the one guy with with the you know, for lack of a more elegant term, the tribal tattoos. Yes, that looks like he's from an older world. And I would bet one American dollar that if that brother with the locks had opened his mouth, he was from the continent of Africa. Mm. And then the everyone who had been turned, there's this notion that they're all Americans or, or you know they they appear younger than so. What I got from that was that Deacon Frost representing this, this lower class of vampires mm-hmm. was always looking for some way to get one over
0: yes. on this class. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that, to me, that was enough reason for him to be doing what, doing. doing what he was doing, all this class stuff, this, that, and the other. And that didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. because I you know again I just assume there's all and I have to say I'm not a huge vampire movie person but when you look at sort of the list of vampire films Mm -hmm. this is one and, and I mentioned Underworld this is one of the first films that kind of Alluded to a vampire society, yes, a vampire like, society, a like, like like vampire culture. Right? In '98, living, we're still yes. doing Anne Rice frilly shirt vampires, mm-hmm. and you had you know some kind of near dark, lost boys, yeah, kind of rock vampires, yeah. But this sense that you know there could be this whole society yeah. kind of lurking right under the surface.
0: Well, I do think I do think that uh, in in regards to vampires, Blade did. Um, Open up, like the a re-examining of the lore, right? right? W- w- be, whether it be um, looking at it from more of a, so uh, as a society or a culture or or even. Picking at it and trying to find different ways to tell the right. vampire story. I'm thinking of um, specifically the comic book and the subsequent movie, Thirty Days of Night, and, right. and its whole read on the vampires. Like, you know, why wouldn't they just be smart enough to just go to Africa where they got thirty days of night? They can just go go hog wild. Right, and that's like ten years after this. Yes, yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, which which tellingly, when you say that, that's ten years after. That is one of the legacies of this movie. Absolutely. In that, you know, in its wake, you have Underworld, 30 Days of Night, True Blood, you know, you've got all um, the the Twilight films. Right. All of that leads back to
1: Blade. And we take for granted this notion of a vampire society and this, ending, which, you know, again, you didn't see that much of. No, you didn't. Sexual transgression part. Mm-hmm. Sanaa Lathan's character who plays, I I mean, you know, it's the Michelle mission. So, you know, the big twist is that his mother, Vanessa, Vanessa did not die in childbirth. She was turned. Mm -hmm. I thought she perfectly captured sex and ickiness because she's his mom and was kind of like, and was, and was very, and you know, in this sense, you you know, back to what I think, uh, Joseph's Lachuga talked about you know when you die and you come back and then she says your mother died yeah years ago. I'm someone different now mm-hmm. but it is it was this wonderful kind of ickiness it was to her that I loved yeah, so
0: yeah, I thought she did I thought she did well in that role. I also liked and appreciated that um while blade was stopped in his tracks. Upon first coming across her afterwards, and he you know he he makes his escape and then encounters her he is he's quick to do away with her oh yeah he's he's in within the span of time of him being captured and everything he's reconciled because you didn't because a lot of movies would have played for him, you know like the the beat of you know like. I'm sorry, Mama. You know, or something like that. Yeah. Well, again, she escapes at the end, and she comes back in the sequel that'll be out
1: in summer of two, th- the summer of two thousand one. It'll be our tentpole film. Look out for Blade Two. Did
0: she escape in the end?
1: No, that's my point. No oh. one escapes in the end. Right. No one escapes in the end. It is a closed circuit. It is. I'm gonna you know?
0: yeah, that, that, yeah. Everybody's like pretty. Right. Uh deceased at the end of this
1: film. You know, there's no love scene in this thing. No. Which I always forget because when he does eventually suck um Helen's blood. Not no, Helen. What's her name? Um Embushi Rice. Yeah, her name. character's name. You know, it's very sexual it is you know it's very you know they really kind of hammer home i talked about sexual transgression you, you know at one point she says that the the vampires that have turned have a sexually trans they're sexually transmitted diseases mm-hmm. so they really hammer that home they do but um you know i think blade is a fascinating character so you know there's no love interests. there's you, you know obviously he's in a great deal of pain but it's all very non-demonstrative pain right you you know there isn't a whole lot of woe is me looking Mm -hmm. out the window Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah i i i i do enjoy it um i thought that i think that the the final 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 battle between him and steven dorf yeah i could do it doesn't really do a whole lot for me Mm -hmm. um and it was interesting to read that that wasn't their original I was about
1: take. To say they added it. Yeah,
0: you know that they, they actually reshot that because originally he was supposed to become like this blood monster, right? Which there are hints of it in yes. the in it's still there, um, but they they reshot it so that he fights actually Stephen Dorf's character. Um, that that didn't do a whole lot for me, um, but it you know it it had to happen. Like it's it's a comic book.
1: Well, it had to happen so that he could have the line. That some mother blankers always want to ice skate uphill. That's a bad line. It's a bad line. But it's so bad that it travels all the
0: way around. And it becomes an awesome line. It does. But it becomes an awesome line. Because it's Wesley Snipes. Because it's which
1: I don't think Wesley Snipes gets enough credit for what he brought to this film, quite honestly. And I think that bears out in the short-lived television show Blade the television series
0: Oh you mean it? it, because that that show wasn't successful That
1: show wasn't successful but I maintain that the main reason that show wasn't successful was because you can't fill Wesley Snipes shoes that easily
0: No you can't
1: And you know God bless Sticky Fingers but he looked like he was doing Blade cosplay He sure did And not even that good
0: No no so because because it's not it, it's not just wesley snipes physicality Ex- exactly because, because wesley snipes is a, a freakishly you know put together guy right um and it it's not even necessarily just his acting which is phenomenal i think that wesley snipes doesn't get the credit as an actor absolutely that he deserves um But it's also just his charisma. Yes. Wesley Snipes just oozes charisma in everything that he does. Yeah. Every single thing whether it be to Wong Fu, love Julie Newmar to... um, uh, to Blade to New Jack City to Jungle Fever yeah it doesn't matter what he does even as like the fourth or fifth wheel in the expendables 3 right right Wesley Snipes and um Antonio Banderas are the best things happening in those movies. You know what? I've never seen an Expendables film. You're missing nothing. <laughs> You're missing absolutely nothing. Unless you want to progressively watch the degenerating of Sylvester Stallone's neck to the point where he, get, he is now Michael Keaton in first Batman and cannot turn his neck around. Unless you want to watch that, there is no reason to watch Expendables 1 or 2. Okay. I do contend, Wesley Snipes they don't do a whole lot with. I do contend that Expendables 3 is worth watching. Wow. Only for, one, Wesley Snipes is having fun. Okay if you still remain any type of, if within you still remains any type of affection for Mel Gibson, he's having fun. Okay. But most importantly, Antonio Banderas is having a ball. Okay. And I, Antonio Banderas, I love Antonio Banderas, and he is having so much fun in this movie, he made me want to watch it. Okay, I went to the bathroom when he wasn't on the screen. Very random, but okay. Because Antonio Banderas is just—he's just a guy that looks like he's enjoying life, just having a good time being Antonio Banderas. And who wouldn't? And who wouldn't? He's Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. I would be
1: Antonio Banderas. You know what I noticed for the first time? Well, I, I paid attention to it when I watched this time. They said that Blade ages. They did. Like, like. Like, like... Regular humans. Right. I think that... Which w- I had never picked that up before.
0: I picked that... I've always picked that up because I think that was um, a tell for, you know, Blade himself. But I think it was more for a tell for when he then comes upon his mother. Right. Right. You know, right. For, the, for just the ickiness of that to right. just right.
1: really permeate. But also, if, you you know, and I think... I think Wesley Snipes is the head of this campaign. If they ever actually folded Blade into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he could just be the age he is now.
0: Yes. Well, we talked about it on Black Tribbles. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. And I'll mention it here on a show mission because I think if my my man, uh, um, uh, the director of Black Panther, uh, Ryan Coogler, Ryan Coogler Ryan Coogler, if it's not too late, if you haven't already done this, you want to guarantee your movie three hundred million dollars.
1: Three hundred million dollars opening. Yes, more because every black, negro, colored, African American, Nubian in America is going to go see it when it first comes out. So three hundred
0: million more. Okay, three hundred million more. So if you want to if you want a 1 billion dollar weekend open first yes. weekend opening have this movie open yes with T'Challa. We've already seen him as Black Panther. So you d- so you, you don't you don't have to keep him secret. Right. Have him thanking someone, standing on sitting on the throne. Throngs around him. Thanking someone for helping him with like the uh rid Wakanda of this this ispens station, you know. Um, I don't understand why you will only accept these three pieces of gold, but if that's all that you want, you know, then go go with God. And then the camera flips and the person that he's thanking is Blade. Is Blade. Yes. And Wesley Snipes doesn't do anything. Just cracks a smile, it turns and dips. Turns and dips. That's all you need. Every African American alive will show up just to see that. Just scene. to see that scene. That
1: would be a powerful scene. It would. Yeah. That's all you need. I want him to show up in Doctor Strange. No. I mean, he's mystical. He's no, kind of mystical. No,
0: he doesn't need to be in you Doctor want, Strange. He just won't be in Black Panther, just all black. That's all you need. So. I don't never need to see him in another movie. That's now, uh, trust me, Wesley will want to make another movie. I think Old Blade might be interesting. I think Old Blade might be interesting. I think it might be cool. Yeah. I think, uh, here, here's the thing Here's a, Marvel, if you're listening. Marvel, if you're listening you don't have the rights to the X-Men to put them in your movies. Right. But old Blade can be your old man Logan that's, in your that's Marvel movies. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Old Blade. Do his thing.
1: Remember they were, they were they were floating a new series with his hot sexy daughter that never they never published. Thank God. Remember last year? <laughs> hot sexy daughter Blade. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God.
0: That did not need to happen not at all.
1: Now then, as we move towards and you know there are a lot of people who say that Blade 2 is a better film than Blade. No. Are you one of them? You're not one of them.
0: No. It it Blade 2 definitely has, you know, it's, it it's got its action. Yeah. So so the action is is is, is ratcheted up mm-hmm. in that um, Deep in vampire mythos, and it, it goes deeper into the vampire mythos a little bit. But but again, it plays on like the 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 end of the the movie is basically the same thing. We need the daywalker's blood for whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't think that it's a a better film. Okay. Than this one, I think th- I think this is like. Um, a, just a strong, solid film. I actually would have enjoyed I, because I think they doubled down on, on in Blade Trinity, which is just a mess. Yeah, well, Blade Trinity is. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that Blade is and Wesley Snipes is enough of a character. He doesn't need the distractions of like the Blood Pack or whatever they were yeah. called in, yeah. in in number two. Yeah, I, I no. I, don't get me wrong, I like Blade 2. I like Blade 2 too but it's as good. well, but I'm like you. I, I've
1: like It seemed like as the films went on, and this is what I mean about Wesley Snipes doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. As the films go on, there's less and less blade in them.
0: Exactly.
1: And you get the feeling that people think that the leather and the, and the glyphs and the tattoos on people's backs and uh, people's necks, all of that is what makes Blade, Blade.
0: Yeah, but it's not. It's not. No, it's a bit, but right. I, I see I think I think all of that is, especially, especially by the time you get to Trinity, I think all of that is an attempt to siphon off the power right. off of Wesley Snipes, right, you know, um, so that he has thus is has less and less invested in the project. Yeah. Um and and with that loses more and more ownership yeah. of the oh, character. Yeah. Now, I think Wesley Snipes' portrayal of Blade, especially in 1 and 2, is so iconic that if they try to remake Blade now, especially with Wesley Snipes, you know, while he's not a young man anymore. Right he's he's, far from like this walking you know from what I understand
1: African American skin doesn't age that much I feel like there's there should be a saying for that that kind of rhymes you know African American skin doesn't age that much that doesn't really roll off African American skin doesn't give in African American skin you know they say you know what they say African American skin doesn't give in
0: there's something like that.
1: Something like that. Something so, like so, that. So yeah, you know they say African American skin doesn't give in. Exactly. So so yeah, he you could. Absolutely, Wesley could still he be. He could absolutely still be playing you, <laughs> playing the role. Is <laughs> you know African American skin don't give in. Yeah, we got to play around with it. We got we we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop it. You know. Once you go Negro, it's not oftentimes that you return to from whence you came. I believe it is. Yeah, did Shakespeare it, it, say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah you, you know. So, but yes, yes, I think you're right.
0: Yes, Shakespeare said
1: that. Yes, Shakespeare said that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an early draft of Othello. Othello. It's an early draft of Othello. <laughs> says the Desdemona, once, once you've, once you have. Uh, Once you have nupped yon more, <laughs> not what? often whence shall you return from whence you came. Once you have nupped yon more, not often shall you return from whence thou came. Never, never more. Never, right, right, right. Oh, sorry. So, it an early draft. It an early draft. an early draft of Othello. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it would be difficult <laughs>
0: Anyway. So. Would you recommend people that they watch Blade? I absolutely would
1: recommend people watch Blade. But as much as I would recommend people watch Blade, I would also recommend people read about Blade. What do you mean by read about Blade? I mean, read about the development. Because I really do think that we take for granted that all these, like, like everything's just a franchise, Mm. like everything's a franchise and everything's a big thing and everything. And I feel like Blade is one of the last films, the last action films, the last adventure films, like genre films, let's say. Okay. That had no intention of being anything but this film. Okay. And I think the story of Marvel being in bankruptcy, I think mm. the story of 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 David Goyer and Wesley Snipes kind of bringing their own thing to it. I think all of that if you are interested in films and if you're interested in genre films, like even if you don't like comics and stuff, I think that whole story of Marvel in the beginning when they started to make these movies. Yeah. is fascinating.
0: Yeah, it it, it it bears I don't know if we never necessarily hit it on the head cuz there may be people that don't realize it not only Blade is a Marvel character but this is not a Marvel movie. This is not a Marvel movie. This is movie. a New Line movie. Right. Um and this like you say this preceded the X-Men. This preceded <laughs> any Marvel um, movie, right, any, or any a uh, major Marvel feature film Studios star? Film. Well, no, it, it preceded any feature film, major feature film starring a Marvel television, a Marvel comics character, right? And it preceded the Marvel Studio films. Is worth saying that
1: you know part of the reason that that they don't and they don't have the X Men. They don't have the Fantastic Four. They, and only share Spider-Man. And they share Spider-Man. So it's because when they were in bankruptcy, when people came and, were, and they were plucking meat off the carcass, mm-hmm. they took what they thought were the prime properties. Uh, right. Which was the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man. Yes. So that, you know, it's, it's crazy to think about in 2017, but Iron Man, Captain America, Thor we almost the leftovers. Yeah. You know, Terrence Howard made more than Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. On the first Iron Man. Like, it really was this case of, I mean, I guess we got to do something with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, can we do something with Iron Man? Do you think people will come see a movie about Iron Man starring this reformed drug addict, jailbird, Robert Downey Jr.? I guess we should throw Terrence Howard in there. He's a professional to kind of hold the thing down. So, you know, I'm fascinated by that. And and Blade leads you to all of those. That's stories. right. Blade
0: is Blade is the beginning. Blade is after the Superman movies and Batman movies of the 70s and 80s and 90s play out. Blade is what is really the beginning of where we are now. In right. genre films, like you said, right. because it, it in what it leads into vampire films and, and some it, which then gets it to the world of fantasy, and then where it takes you in superhero films. Right. It is. It, it is the launch pad.
1: And I don't know enough about the development of the Matrix to know how much of it was finished, but there are a lot of similarities between scenes, between images of Blade and the first Matrix. Well, it's. Um... I mean certainly the Wachowski brothers had been working on it before it was released. Uh, Wachowski brothers. Wachowski brothers, yeah, rather. But
0: and, and 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 but also it's it's worth noting that the Wachowski brothers are and their development of um the Matrix has a little bit of controversy behind yes. it, you know. It's, it, truth be told, there there are stories out there about, you know, where did the the uh, beginnings of the Matrix Come from? Was it truly the Wachowski's, or was it maybe something that was uh plucked from other other sources? Other sources. But that's
1: story for it's a shame Grant Morrison isn't sitting here. From what I understand, he has some opinion. He thinks he's
0: looking. got a claim on it. Yeah. There's a so. bunch of people that
1: think they got yeah. go a
0: claim on it. But the point is Blade was before all of them. Blade is before it all. So all hail, blade, all hail, Wesley Snipes. Um, and this may be I'm hard pressed to think about it the last great black action movie 1998 haven't been a whole lot since wow that's
1: you are saying something right now you are saying something right now there has not been a better black action film in 20 years
0: yeah I can't. I can't think of another one. I mean, this movie is twenty years old, and I this enjoyed every moment of yeah. watching it. Yeah. If I we're going to have to it. go ahead
1: and, and and finish the episode, we, we need to go ahead and wrap this because I cannot think of anything off the top of my head, and I'm trying to. I know. Like I'm scrolling.
0: You might be right. That is a uh, bad boys. Would you,
1: would would bad boys count?
0: You think Bad Boys is better than Blade? I don't know if I do, as I, I know was saying I don't. it out of my mouth. I know I don't, and I love Bad Boys. But it's not better than Blade. Wow, you are saying something. Not to me. Well, it's not as fun as Blade, because Bad Boys, because Blade is not like you said. It's not perfect, but Blade knows what it wants to be. Bad Boys, it's it's, it's dated. There's yeah. some stuff about Bad Boys you watch now. And you're like, ugh. You know, like, so does bad boys not hold up as well as blade? Is no. that your argument? I, 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 yes, it does
1: not. Wow. Oh, okay, well, I think we have our question. Has there been a better black action movie since 1998 than blade?
0: Oh, is that your question? Cause my question is, does bad boys hold up as well as blade?
1: Does bad boys hold up as well as blade? I mean, that can be part of the question.
0: There's two questions, two questions, two questions. Okay. From one show. For one show. There you go. All
1: right. But yes, I would very much recommend. But would you recommend Blade? Hell yeah. All right. Hell
0: yeah. This is this is a fun Saturday. Neither one of us are MFers who ice skate uphill. I can't ice skate. <laughs> we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. nation.
1: They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill
0: need his help to fight a new breed of terror. They're no longer top of the food chain.
1: Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them for you? 3, 2, 1, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Massive win! Blade Two.
0: Blade Two, a 2002 American superhero film based on the fictional character Blade from Marvel Comics, is the sequel to the first film Blade and the second part of the Blade film series. Ooh. Well, it's followed by Blade Trinity. It was written by David Goyer who also wrote the previous film, but directed by Academy Award winning Guillermo del Toro. Yep. And features Wesley Snipes returning as the lead character as well as producer. The film follows the human vampire hybrid Blade and his continuing effort to protect humans from vampires, finding himself in a fierce battle against a group of extremely savage, powerful mutant vampires who seem to commit global genocide of both vampire and human races. The movie was released on March of 2002 and was indeed a box office success, grossing over $155 million. Received mixed reviews from critics. However, it earned praise for its performances, atmosphere and action sequence. In this film, Vince's selection for this stop on the Michelle Mission. Vince, what say you of Blade 2? II? Blade is not bad. Blade Two is
1: not bad. I I, th- I think Blade Two is is the source of debate. Is strong, but people who like Blade, you, you I think you can equally find people who like Blade Two better mm-hmm. than Blade One, mm-hmm. and you you understand the argument that can be made. I like Blade Two. I don't think Blade 2 is as good as Blade 1, which while it doesn't make it a failure, it does mean that there is a downward trend right. from the first one. Like, if you're not going to be better than the first, then by definition, you're worse than the first. Right. And I think there were two aspects to Blade 2 that really kind of hobble it when you compare it to the first film. One Reason is is more aesthetic than anything else, and then the other one I think is is much more fundamental mm-hmm. to the film. The first has to do with when Blade Two came out. I think Blade One comes out in ninety nine. No, not ninety nine. Not nights It's before ninety nine. Oh, what's it? The- it's ninety seven or ninety eight. And I'll tell you why I'm so adamant. Ninety eight. You're right. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I know that in a moment. The first Blade is effortlessly cool in its world building in its sense of place Mm -hmm. in its establishment of this character and this mythology and when you look at the set design and the costumes in blade we 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 talked about it blade was like nothing that we had seen Mm -hmm. when you talk about the 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 the, the tattoos and and the use of of leather as costuming and and this sort of this sort of modern interpretation of vampire vampirism and vampire society like everything that blade did and we talked about it people took from people built built on the foundation set by blade but ultimately Blade was utterly unique. Yes. Blade 2 comes out in 2002. And in between 1998 and 2002, in 1999, The Matrix comes out. Mm. And The Matrix shifted the entire universe. Yep. When we talked about how movies look. Yes. Costuming, action sequences, everything. And I think... Blade 2 looks like a film that in many ways is trying to out-matrix the Matrix. Mm. The character designs are all cool like you know kewl and and there's the you know there's this vampire gang the blood pack mm-hmm. and it's like Rob Leefield <laughs> and Jim Lee and, and just some 13 year old boys came up with their idea of what's cool mm-hmm. and and they they are they're all it's it's like this really complicated leather costuming that everybody has and 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 the blood pack Pack which are super like these are super vampire people that, that are put together that initially they're gonna hunt blade. Mm-hmm. And and there's one guy, he's got the the Damari tribal tattoos around his face, and 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 Donnie Yin is in there and he doesn't have any any um dialogue. Right, yeah. I right think sure. he's just there to be Asian and swing a sword around, yeah. there's a it's, and it's all just very over the top, yeah, and and the design is over the top, and ironically, it makes it age really badly. Like if this looks like a movie that was made after the Matrix, mm-hmm. where all of these movies were out. We're all trying to out Matrix the Matrix, mm-hmm. and it's a shame because again, Blade is where a lot of this began. Began. So Blade, if Blade is just Blade. It's it's fine. Right. Which leads to my other real reservation about embracing this film. I think another thing that that Blade two has to grapple with is that Blade one was seamless. It had a beginning. It had a middle. It had an end. Mm -hmm. It established the world you got this whole you know talk we were talking about character arcs in in pulp fiction it's it's a whole journey of the hero mm-hmm. in blade 1 where where he he faces his fears he defeats the monster he's been chasing his entire life mm-hmm. he reconciles with his memory of his mother mm-hmm. his father figure played by chris christopherson Um, whistler dies Mm -hmm. so now he the the father has died and the sun rises and becomes his own man there's really no more story to tell right at the end of blade and blade two never really gets over that hump
0: no no
1: they resurrect whistler because i guess they you got to bring chris christofferson back somehow mm-hmm. like i said they have this whole pack of vampire hunters mm-hmm. that that has been put together to hunt blade so instead of 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 this really nuanced world building that you get in Blade where they don't show you everything, but but you get the allusion to this bigger world that's exactly. just right off of screen and lets your imagination fill in. Now you have all of these people. It's the sequel, so you have to get bigger. Yep. So you're not just vi- fighting vampires, you're fighting super vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just really unwieldy. And, and again, it doesn't justify its own existence. Having said that, the, the two things that I think makes this film, you know, not bad, as opposed to, a, oh, I don't even know what they're doing. Wesley Snipes is fantastic. Yep. Wesley Snipes is at the top of his form. And I think um, Guillermo del Toro very, very smartly takes advantage of Wesley Snipes athleticism
0: mm-hmm.
1: his martial arts prowess mm-hmm. and 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 everything that Wesley Snipes brings as an action hero in 2002
0: yeah his presence S-
1: his presence but there isn't there, there isn't a lot of special effects mm-hmm. in in the fights here, and the ones that are are dodgy i'll talk about oh, that yeah. in a minute oh well, yeah but 85 to 90% of the fight sequences are just Wesley Snipes or or you know, I guess a stunt. I mean, at some point there has been. Yeah, be there's a stunt, a, this stunt guy a you know, couple of times. There's see, a stunt, but, but it's really just a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Like Wesley Snipes he is a does, special effect. He is the special effect. Right. And then Guillermo del Toro's the practical effects. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, the, the everything I just said about it's a, it's a super vampire. Mm-hmm. But the design is fantastic, mm-hmm. and and you completely understand how this is a part of Guillermo del Toro's body of work, right? Where this is a director who has a specific and unique vision, yes. And 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 it's just—I mean—it's a well-directed film, yeah. Like like the yeah, staging and 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 the the, the 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 action sequences are all well done, so that. You know, again, but at the end, like, I like Blade 2. Like, Blade 2 is all right. Ron Perlman's in it. I think Ron Perlman helps everything. True. Like, I think Ron Perlman should just be in everything. Yeah. So, like, it's the cool vampire Blade Hunters, and it's like, oh, my God, are you serious? But then Ron Perlman's
0: there. It's like, hey, it's Ron Perlman. So, you know, I like it. No, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's funny that you you point out how you know that you know you get told about this whole bigger world and you almost feel like because blade blade was so different the original the original film it was so different and it, 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 that it hit like a, a thunder strike mm. w- when it did but you also feel that maybe not wesley because wesley you always get the sense it has a certain, a certain air of hubris that, you know, is unmatched in, mm-hmm. in human history. But all of the other uh, people involved with Blade, including the writer David Goyer um, and including probably Marvel Comics and New Line Cinema themselves, mm-hmm. had no idea of what they were getting Right when that movie came out, and when it it does hit the way it does, they're like, Oh, oh, I think we have something here. (laughs) We've stumbled into something. Well, looky here, (laughs) hey, we need another (laughs) one. So, David Goyer is like, Yay, you signed the check, right? Right, here you go. So, now he starts oh, God, I've got to build a world. I've got to manufacture drama. Damn, we we killed the dad. <laughs> Look, they put a bow on it. You know, like, I they mean, put a bow on know, it. I know. I mean, they blew the man up. Yeah. So, but, hey, <laughs> it's a comic book. Everybody comes back. Nobody really dies in a comic book. Right. Come on, they brought Bucky back. Yeah, they man. bring Bucky back. Yeah, if you in the comics, you bring Bucky back. You can bring back. Bring, you can bring, bring back Whistler. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they bring back. So they bring back Whistler in this trumped up story. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, we're in the beginning of Star Wars. I'm looking for the scroll going up, <laughs> you know, like filling us in on what happened. I'm like, when did, when did this happen? He got killed. Wait a minute. I'm pretty sure he blew up four years ago. <laughs> what? What happened? I'm like, they just like, they just like Jedi wave. it didn't happen. This right? Was, oh, yeah. This was not the whistler you were looking for. What the hell are y'all talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. So they're like, oh, I'm, so you just, you just buckle up and like, alright, I'm here. Let's go. But then this movie from Guillermo del Toro is the first sign to me in his, in his whole history, that you can sense his pattern, Guillermo del Toro, who it, you're right, is a man with a vision, man with a singular and very specific voice that he brings to his films. Mm-hmm. But he saves his his most his sweet spot, the things that are closest to his heart to the works that are closest to his heart. Mm-hmm. And then every other one is a thing that he does for basically, you know, the, the for them. He right. Does one for me, one for them. Right. And then in the ones that he does for them, meaning like the movie companies or the investors and what have you, he tends to put in a lot of his, his, um, Memorances of his childhood okay. into those films, and you saying like this film, as opposed to the sleek, unabashed coolness of Blade, this film just reads as like just steroid-driven, over-the-top. Image Comics of the 90s right. type of vibe. like You can literally see the the big muscles and pouches on everybody when mm-hmm. you're looking at the blood pack.
1: <laughs> the
0: blood pack. Just the name. If, like, if you know Image Comics of the 90s, the blood pack is definitely a, right. a book that would be on the shelves. Um, with some Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld knockoff drawing it because right. they were too busy doing Youngblood and right. Wildcats. And counting money. And, ca- and counting tons of money. Yeah. Um, with a special issue by Todd McFarlane that would never come out. But that's a whole other side <laughs> of comment. But those are the comic books that Guillermo del Toro w- w- read, mm-hmm. w- loved. And those were the comics that were, were hot at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's going to give you that. Right. With touches of Guillermo in there. With the whole character designs of the... Um, the Reapers the Reapers. Yeah. And those designs are really, I'm like, the first time you see one of the mouths just open yeah. sideways, you're like, ah! Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, girl, Mo. Yeah. You know, for this nightmare to come. Yeah, oh yeah. But, uh, but, but that's what he does. And that is, that is, like, steadfast you know, the blueprint for him because he follows Blade Two with Hellboy. That's right. Another comic book movie, but a comic book movie that speaks to his sweet spot. Yes, it does. I mean, that's the one that he really like, oh my God, I love this joke. Oh, yeah. I mean, Uh, he follows that up with Pan's Labyrinth. Definitely, that's in his wheelhouse because that's his story. Then he does Hellboy Two, which is more one doing one for them Mm -hmm. because he really did Hellboy Hellboy One. Hellboy Two, he kind of did for them, and it feels like he kind of phoned in big. Yeah, yeah,
1: Hellboy Two's kind of phoned in.
0: You know? Um, Follows that with Pacific Rim. Another one for them, but that's him taking his childhood, all yeah. his anime and mangas, and you know the Gundams. Mm-hmm. You know, good. I get to have fun with that, you know, and that that is not long followed by his Academy Award-winning movie, The Shape of Water, right. which is all Guillermo del Toro. Right. So that's the blueprint. Right. So and it all began here with Blade Two. Right. Which to your point, is not a bad film. Mm-hmm. It's a fun action film. Wesley Snipes is great in the mo- in the movie. He's cool in the movie, but he's definitely 90s action film cool, right? He's not on another level. Right. He's not and you're right, if this film had just had the confidence of just leaning on on Wesley even if because Blade because, excuse me, The Matrix was so game-changing mm-hmm. in the way that films looked and felt. Even though it stole a lot of its aesthetics from Blade, it did up it a little bit. Absolutely. So, you know, we're going to give you know, credit where credit is due. But if Blade 2, as opposed to trying to be in that realm... Just stays where it is. Stayed in just its stays own re- lane. Stays That's in its right. lane. Stays real grounded. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It could have been that much more satisfying of a film. And I want to think that as, as big a head as Wesley Snipes has, I think Wesley Snipes also is a one, is an extremely talented actor. Mm hmm. And a very intelligent man. Yes, absolutely. And I want to think that sometime along the way of him doing this film, as much as he's probably enjoying himself, he probably is getting the sense, this is probably not where we need to go. Yeah, this is going to be a hit. God bless it. Right. But this is probably not where we need to go. Well, this is the film that they make the
1: mistake and then they double down on it in blade three in their defense f- for a lot of reasons because including Wesley Snipes. True. Where they dilute Blade. Exactly. Like I kept look like why is there so many people on the screen right now? Mm-hmm. Like you look and it's Blade and eight other people. Yes. Yes. Because they have
0: their little arc and right, right. Stuff. So the name of the movie is really Blade in the Blood Pack. Right. 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 And that's not what you tune in for. And that's not what Blade you tuned, was. You tune in for a Return to That World with Blade being your window into it. You offered sleek for Blade. I'll give you another adjective.
1: Lean. Yes. Blade is lean. Yes. If you look at Blade, Blade is on the screen at any given time with Chris Christopherson Mm-hmm. or with, oh my god, I can't forget. I, I can't believe I just forgot my girl's name. and Bushy Wright. Or in Bushy Wright. Mm-hmm. This is not a big bang thing this and when you have an actor like wesley snipes who besides his physical prowess because again he's in fine form even here he is a good actor Mm -hmm. you don't need a whole lot of people and a whole lot of movement wesley snipes can carry a scene yes with another actor
0: so it's it's just unnecessary. It, it really is. And the unnecessary is the whole story machinations cuz David Goyer now tasks with oh, we've got a sequel. Right. So instantly sees well, if we can do one sequel, we can do two sequels. So that's why all of a sudden the whole world has to right. be built out. So no, we're not just going he doesn't have villains that he has to fight he also has people that are coming after him that he has to f- that are fighting him right. and then they got to have this whole thing where they're teaming up with him oh to help. and it's like all these these stupid story machinations right right where if you again and it's not and believe me there is not so much wanting this to be the movie that we want it it's just that seeing the opportunities lost right you know especially since the template has already, it's already been, been set. Yeah, right. You like we're like we're not making up stuff. Right. So so if you want to go through the machinations of having, bringing Whistler back, okay, all right, you do that. Right. If you then want to go through the re- reckon uh the machinations of while Whistler is back, Blade had to find like another kind of like tech guy, so he gets Norman Reed's character Scud, you know, <laughs> um, in there to help him the most. The most obvious betrayal in the history
1: of of um stories, yes.
0: Which is fine.
1: <laughs> Which is fine. It's like Judas and Benedict Arnold are sitting in the crowd, going, "Really,
0: this guy? Do really?" <laughs> then all you really need for the rest of this film. Do away with the big bad. Do away with the Reapers and the and the Demon Fronts and this whole backstory of the of uh of you know he's the son of of this guy, the sister of this chick. (laughs) And there are signet rings involved. Yeah, all of a sudden we, we don't even need all that. It's all of this. All you need is you can still keep your blood pack. Cause Guillermo del Toro's got a hard on for Ron Perlman. He throws right, him right. into almost every movie. I mean, so, look, man, it's Ron Perlman. Not? That's good seasoning. Yeah. So you bring him Ron Perlman. You bring on all these other guys. You have Donnie Yen. You don't now. Maybe you got some room to give him some dialogue, right? And you just have him, Honey Blade. That's your movie. I'll do even one better. The opening sequence
1: when he finds Whistler. To me that like the whole movie could be him looking for Whistler.
0: Exactly. Just have him look for Whistler. Actually, Blade Two could have been an opening sequence. This could've been the shortest film. This movie would have made twenty million dollars. He's
1: trying to find Whistler. Oh, look, there's Whistler. Have him find <laughs> Whistler. And then the, the, the second act com, uh, complication is, is Whistler actually a
0: vampire now? What are we going to do with Whistler? What's the deal with Whistler? Right. And then you find out that Scud had something to do with them getting hold of Whistler. Right. So then it's still the they, betrayal. They, they, right. Done. The end. You know, there's a
1: little thing. And, and talking about the, the, the tone. And this, this might just be my own thing. The first film is shot in Los Angeles, and there's a very, and you said gritty, there's this very gritty urban feel that I think separates Blade Mm. from a lot of these kind of sci-fi, kung fu, you you know, I'm, I'm thinking about even the Matrix to a certain degree, or or, what was, what's, or or the Underworld series, or well,
0: all the films all, that follow in its wake. All these films, I feel like Prague doesn't work
1: as well mm. as I feel like Blade should be in a be on an urban landscape. Maybe Zoe Kravitz, <laughs> Zoe Kravitz <laughs> maybe Zoe Kravitz can get involved. But there's this real. This is going to continue to two hundred. You oh, realize? Oh 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 oh. oh. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is (laughs) urban is the most beautifully racist thing that I've heard since you speak so well. Like the purity of the racism of Zoe Kravitz is urban is remarkable. Mm -hmm. But I just I just didn't like the pro. And and I think they I'm pretty sure Blade 3 is also filmed. I think so. In Prague. I, I didn't like that. And that's just maybe that's just a personal preference.
0: I think it's a personal thing, but I will say that there is, and this and this may just be Guillermo del Toro, or maybe just a increased budget. There is a sheen to Blade Two, yeah, that's not there in in Blade that. It helps it separate the two films as far as feel and tone. Yeah, you know. So, and uh, um, but like I said, I think that may be more the budget and Guillermo del Toro' his vision, absolutely being a more defined vision than Steve Norrington's absolutely in the original. Yeah,
1: and let's be clear. I think this is a perfect film for October mm-hmm. because this is very much Guillermo del Toro's vision. Oh yeah. And this is you—you you, you called it a superhero film, and I think it is a superhero film. But I think this is also a horror film.
0: It is a horror film. I mean, like you said, like the the character designs of of the Reapers. Um, there, there is some very, very disturbing uh, effects in this film. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's some gore. Oh it. Absolutely, there is some there is some body gore in this thing that is really really disturbing. So much so, it leads to a segue to how this was the first horror film that I introduced my <laughs> daughter to. Uh, yes,
1: parenting with Lynn.
0: Yes, yeah, sit back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Return with me now to the year of two thousand two. Ah, uh, yes, uh, on air. Where. My daughter, Now, 2002, Olivia was born in ni- 1993? Okay. Is that right? I mean, it's your daughter. It sounds about right. Okay. I was 26 when she was born. Uh, uh, now I'm forgetting. It. Yeah, she was born in 1993. Okay. Uh, so in 2002, well, she was older than I thought. Okay. Oh, so she was eight. Oh! Eight! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that makes all the difference. That makes that does paint a bit of good difference. No, not really. Not much. Not yeah, not bigger. Because in my mind I thought she was four. Yeah. But no, not really. So an eight-year-old
1: Eight old year Olivia. old, eight-year-old Olivia going to see I'm Blade. I'm taking two.
0: taking to see Blade. Blade two. Blade two.
1: Blade two. Blade two. Now Electric the
0: Blade reason why I took her is because Please, Uh, I'm with my friend Frank, who has his his sons who are about two to three years older than Olivia. Okay, and we're just having a like ten and twelve, right? Ten and twelve, and we're having a spending a Saturday with our kids. Saturday with the kids. What are we going to do with the kids? We took them to water ice. Yes, and we're going to take them to a movie. All right, goes and and Frank is Frank is a guy who doesn't like to see a lot of kids films if he can help it. Right, well, well. And I, I I don't mind kid films. But actually I don't think there was any kid films that out sure, at the well, time. Of course
1: not. And what else would you want to take to so, see but Blade Two?
0: And the boys wanted to
1: see Blade Two. Boys went and certainly you always listen to ten and twelve year olds.
0: And Olivia wanting to be down with the boys. That's right. She was like, Sure.
1: Let's all go see, go Blade, see Blade. Let's all go, go go see Blade Two.
0: So I take so I'm like, all right, cool. She's eight years old, but she's with an adult. She's with an adult. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. So we take the kids to see Blade 2. Blade 2. Blade 2. And me and me and Frank sit behind the kids. They're sitting like, because it's like in the middle of the afternoon. Right, right. right. Um, so let them sit by themselves. Well, they sat like one row above. Just one row. You can see them. Yeah.
1: So be quiet. <laughs> Bro, I'm just listening to you tell the story of you taking your eight-year-old
0: daughter to see Blade 2. So they sit there. Olivia sits in between them. They got popcorn, candy. They are enjoying the film. It's a, it's a fun film. They're, they're fun. laughing. They're looking at the action sequence. The action mm-hmm. sequences, like we say, are fantastic. Especially the fight after he when he's chasing Deacon Frost. Oh yeah, all throughout that building, they're up on like the, the Not scaffold. Deacon Frost
1: is Blade it, Two.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, Reaper Man. Reaper Man. Reaper Joe. Reaper. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. It's so they're they're enjoying it loving it, right? We get out of there, they're they're laughing. He spend the rest of the day, go home, time to go to bed. Ah, no, now it's now the sun has gone down. It's better. I, I I as always read Olivia a story. Of course. She goes to sleep. Goes to sleep. I go to my room. Go to your room. Turn on the TV. Turn on I watch TV. The TV Yeah. Oh I think I'm watching this a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About half an hour into the game, mm-hmm. I notice, I look at the door. Olivia's standing there in the doorway. Ooh, plot twist. And she's bawling. Oh. She's crying her eyes out. Did she have a bad dream? She had a bad dream. Ah. What
1: did she dream about? Was it clowns? No. she uh, Was it bees?
0: Did she dream about bees? No, she didn't dream about bees. Huh. What'd she dream about? <laughs> <laughs> well... She didn't dream about vampires, if that's what you are getting at. No, no, she no, no, did not. No, what did she, she dream about? She she dreamt she dreamt about blood, 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 blood. Just saw, kept seeing blood. Just kept seeing all over the place, blood. all over So I let her come in, right, right, well, well, and God. watched the game, and right. she fell asleep. Uh huh. Um, and then I started to take her back to her room, and she right. woke up. Oh yeah. And I felt oh, yeah. her like grip around my neck. Whoa. <laughs> so I said, "Okay, yeah. all right." So she slept with me. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, the night. Yeah. yeah. For a couple of nights. Yeah, A couple of nights. A couple yeah. of nights she slept with me. Yeah. yeah. Now. Now. Play this forward. hmm Years down the line. Years so that's down. how I introduced her to Blade. That's she how I introduced her to Blade 2. And that was her first horror film. First horror film. And, and and you know, she handled it. I mean, it's not Carrie, so yeah. or the Amityville horror. Down the line, maybe about four or five years, I can't remember, we watched this movie called uh The Descent. Okay. You've never seen it. Vince. No. You will not make it through the movie. Yeah, I'm not It's watching. one of the scariest movies you will ever see. Yeah, I'm not watching it. And it scared the bejesus out of her. She loves horror movies. Okay. Funny thing. Funny fun fact. She loves horror movies. Mm-hmm. She's like you. hmm Doesn't like ghosts. Hey, Amen. She'll watch a ghost movie. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. But she don't like ghosts. Oh no. Uh-uh. Nope. We watched The Descent. She loves it. Loves it. Invites her girlfriends over to watch The Descent. Okay. They're purposely huddled up down in the living room. And I taught my daughter, when you watch films, you turn off all the lights. That's right. She turns off all the lights in the rooms. And then she comes upstairs and she says, Dad, can I turn off all the lights in the house? All right. I said, sure. I said, But I said, is she going to murder her girlfriends? <laughs> I said, you know, they're really going to get be scared. It's like about four girls down there, and they're already like mad, nervous because Olivia's hyped up this film. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, you really want to do that to them? Mm-hmm. She's like, you took me to see. No! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, they actually call that a cycle of abuse. Yes. <laughs> That's called a cycle. There's a name for that. <laughs>
0: So I've raised her well. So you've raised her well. So anyway. Blade 2. Blade 2. That being, all this being said, and all of us talking about the missed opportunities of the film, everything like that, and and the story is very hodgepodge patched together, I feel. Um, I still come away liking the movie. I don't even think you have to have that. I, hesit- st- I, st- I don't think you need that hesitant tone. I just, re- I still look look at it and and I think it's primarily because of, it it is def- definitively primarily because of Wesley Snipes. I th- I think
1: Wesley Snipes, and again, I think G- it's funny when you are listing Guillermo del Toro's body of work, and what I realize is, I I do not like his unfiltered vision. Mm. as much as i like it when it is something is well filtering it like so like you didn't like, like pan's labyrinth I, I, it left me cold like like to me i I i'm not a huge fan of pan's labyrinth uh one thing that we didn't mention like i love mimic okay yeah and the thing i love about mimic is that that's early in his career right so he couldn't go balls to the wall that's true I really, really love Hellboy, mm-hmm. and I think Hellboy for for I think you're right. I think he absolutely has a passion, f- had a passion for the material, but there's only so much he could do with it because it's, it's not his story. It's not his story, but that filtered his vision. I really like the first Pacific Rim. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I think you can see his vision. I love the design work in Pacific Rim mm-hmm. on the um on the monsters. Mm-hmm. But when it's just him, it's a, uh you know I like it. It's all right. But uh, everything that you listed, I like that that where there's something kind of slowing him down better. Oh, so where are you on Shape of Water? You know, I still haven't seen it. Oh, really? I still have not seen it. hmm and and Blade 2, I think, Blade 2 is my third favorite Guillermo del Toro film. Like, Hellboy is my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Like, Hellboy is where he and I meet and, and are perfectly aligned. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of Mimic mm-hmm. as well. And then this, like like, any hesitancy I have about Blade 2 is just because Blade... Was so pure, yeah, and so good and so unique. And and again, I think the irony is that Blade Two ages more badly than
0: Blade. Yeah.
1: So, but no, I I I like Blade Two a lot.
0: Yeah, I like it. I do. It's a good movie. I do like the film. It's fun. It's it, it it is action packed. Um. Uh. I do. There's a part of me that. As horrific as some of those scenes are, and I guess they do lend to this being a superhero horror film, I, there's still a part of me that sees this more as an action film and maybe and Blade more and the original more horror. Like, there's more horror to the original to me than I think. Really? That's interesting. I, I think because... Because I think the horror of Blade Two is the gore. I mean, this, I guess yeah. you could say the story because it's vampire. How about the design work? I mean, the design work. It, the design, but the, <sighs> the design work is is stunning. But yeah. it's the same level of design work you see in Hellboy, and Hellboy is not horror to me. Well, I think tonally it's different. Hellboy is way pulpy,
1: right? Yeah, totally. You get like that whole sequence in the sewers.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought was way more effective than it should have been. Okay. Yeah, and that's true. That is true. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's horror. I right. just to me, Blade maybe leans more on horror. Okay. You know, but 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 it, it, either yeah. either way, right. They're both they both good films. Yeah. The shame of it is what comes next. <laughs> wow. Blade Trinity. We'll save that for either Halloween or may I or
1: may I have another. <laughs> <laughs> One of my little hobbies now. I just like reading people's accounts. Oh of yeah. Three. Oh yeah. Ryan Reynolds is hilarious talking about Blade
0: Three. See. And I just have, everyone around Play through. I haven't read his accounts. I've oh. always read Patton Oswald. Oh, all of them. Yeah, Patton Oswald, Patton Oswald goes pa- in. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. He goes in. I'm hoping Wesley
1: Snipes talks some more about it.
0: Do you... Ha- okay. But Wesley Snipes, he, he has said that a lot of uh, that stuff is not true. Well, that's why I really want to hear him go in about it. I believe
1: Patton Oswald. I'm not saying I don't believe Patton Oswalt. Well, I just want to hear Wesley Snipes' side of it.
0: I just want to hear more from Wesley Snipes. Yeah,
1: like like I think the real treat for me, the not the treat, the real surprising treat, like like I've you know I've, I've I'm well well it's well documented. Like I've been really 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 enjoying the My Name Is Dolomite publicity because we're getting so much Eddie Murphy. But what has been really surprising to me is how much I've enjoyed Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. in his interviews. And I realize I want more from Wesley Snipes, like sit-down interviews and, and, oh, yeah. and, and long journalism about him. And I'm hoping that he talks a bit about... And opens up. And opens up about specifically Blade 3. Because I think everyone at this point... Is, on, is, is is like on message that
0: he was the problem. Mm-hmm. So now I want to hear what he has to say. See, I want to hear what he has to say. But I want to hear him talk about Blade 3 with Patton Oswalt.
1: I mean, I mean, that'd be nice. Hopefully they can sit in a room together.
0: That's what I want to hear. Yeah. No, no, see, I think he could sit in a room with Patton Oswalt. He couldn't sit in a room with Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah, but I think Pat Oswald I think he could he could sit in the room. Yeah, there. Um, th- that's that's the story I, I want to hear because I think you have to have at least two of the people there for me to one hundred percent believe what is being said. Sure, because otherwise it's just you're getting another. All right, this
1: is Wesley's Right, there's now his side of it. Well, that's actually the way I like these things. Like, I like to hear everybody's side.
0: Well, I like to hear them together. Yeah. So. Man, yeah.
1: But um, Blade Two. Blade II. So, Two. Is it a black film? Oh, absolutely. All right. The funny thing is, I think it's less of a black film than Blade. Like, I think Blade is real black. Like, it's oh le- oh
0: less of a oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 D- this is def- This is definitely one of those films where it's um. Like to me, it, early in my in the run, I probably wouldn't have said it was a black film. Right. I actually, probably would have said Blade Two was, but um, uh, it's just it's just Wesley Snipes' action star, right? Like this right. Is, this is like action Jackson, right? 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 You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Um. So yes, decidedly f- a, a, a black yeah. film. Would you recommend this film? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'd absolutely recommend Blade Two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't age super great, but
1: still fun. Right.
0: And who don't want to see a young Donnie Yen?
1: Who and who doesn't <laughs> see a young but to that Donnie Yen, point, the thing that I really like about Blade 2 as opposed to something like even The Matrix Reloaded. I think because so many of the effects are practical effects. Yeah. You don't get that Ooh, that you got with those special effects in the early 21st century mm-hmm. with the elongated figures doing the jumps and all. I think Blade 2 really dodges that bullet for the most part. Like, there are maybe two or three instances that even at the time I remember watching going, Ooh, that. Yeah. Ooh, it There's a like, couple. But it's not a lot. Not a lot at all. So, yeah. But yeah, I'd
0: absolutely recommend Blade 2. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. There you go. Blade 2. Fire it up. It's good watching. Absolutely. Next week. Blade Trinity. Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again.